Well, the Los Angeles Rams got their ring out of Matthew Stafford. It looks like they were ready to say bye-bye. We'll see what it is that's going on with the Los Angeles Rams and much more on today's episode of Locked on NFL. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, football fans? And welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast covering the biggest stories from around the National Football League every single Monday through Friday, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss a daily episode. And a big shout out and thank you to all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every single day. It's Tuesday here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, and Luke Braun is back. So you got us here, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. Myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. Appreciate you very much for being here with us. All right. So on today's episode of Locked on NFL, first of all, I want to let you know that we are uh, brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs, who are going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We'll tell you more about them later, but on today's episode, Luke and I are going to do our usual. We're going to bring you the yike and the like. Have a lot of fun as we close out the episode, but we want to talk a little bit about some of the sports coverage changes as we're watching the landscape shift across the, uh, the, the world of sports. We'll give some of our thoughts on this as well let you know kind of like what's going on here at locked on so you know kind of you know what's happening uh, elsewhere but first we want to hit kind of the biggest story of the day here today luke with uh news coming right like news coming from um you know uh 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 it was pat mcafee show and uh michael, michael lombardi them. on yeah. the pat mcafee show i think is the originator of this yeah and so apparently the rule here or not the rule but the the idea here is that the rams tried to trade away matthew stafford and that's it's kind of a big shift from where they've been but we did kind of see them like Fire sale a little early. Jalen Ramsey was out. There was all this talk about will Sean McVay retire? Will he not retire? Will mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Donald retire? Will mm -hmm. he not retire? And so this kind of goes along with that. It didn't work. So can these guys, what, what do you take away from this from a team that's like so clearly kind of like trying to tank, but not really able to get there? It's weird. Yeah. And, and it's with a lot of effort, they tried to trade him. That was the uh, operative thing. So like they really tried. And of course, nobody would take on what is happening with that contract. And that's what you get, right? You get $59 million. Whoa. Win a Super Bowl, you're going to sign that guy to a big contract. Like, it, of course. Right. Um, it's weird because I think if I were the Rams, I are like less need. And I don't know where Sean McVay is at. So maybe that's partially... Uh, motivating them if they know that oh we only got like one or two years left with him so you know let's start building to the future or whatever but if all that notwithstanding I feel like the Rams are not in the worst spot or not as in, in as bad a spot as they're getting uh, sort of flamed for mm -hmm. this whole offseason because yeah they, they don't have any resources right they're like low on cap low on draft capital they've kind of did all of these crazy all-in moves they've got their super bowl and now they're kind of paying the piper on that and i get all that but that is a short-term issue that will end soon you'll you'll have your your rough season. this season's going to be rough we all know that okay and then it's kind of over um it, i don't think that that is nearly as bad as 
teams that are like stuck in an albatross um, and they're not going to get out of it for five years, you know, that I, I look at like the Raiders and Browns as teams that, you know, if you look at like 2025, are they going to be able to get out of the quarterback contracts if they want to? Will they want to? Maybe those, those teams are more of contenders than we know, but looking at it, I don't see those teams as, all right, these are you know top powerhouses in the AFC. I don't even see them as teams that are favored to win their divisions, right? They'd actually be really surprising if they won their divisions. So how are we going to get from that to the Super Bowl? And if we aren't going to be able to get to the Super Bowl with that build, why are we so committed to it, right? And I look at the Rams, right. and I don't really see them there, especially if they're willing to get rid of Matt Stafford and sort of, okay, let's figure out what our next build is. Um, but also... I don't think it's like the craziest thing in the world to turn around and say, let's build a new thing around Matt Stafford. He's what, like 35? No. Um, you know, mm -hmm. he if you can try to make some acquisitions next offseason, maybe take one or two more runs at this. Um, I don't think that that's crazy. Matt Stafford doesn't suck. He got hurt last year. It feels like everybody forgot right. that he exists. He's still a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> like You can yeah. work a, a little bit with that. Don't. I, I like maybe he goes in the same category as the the Jimmy Garoppolo's maybe where Deshaun Watson is at right now. Um, so don't put yourself in a situation where you have no choice but to stick with him through thick and thin until 2026. Kind of feels like where some of those where like the Browns are at, they kind of can't get out. Like that's just where they are now. Yeah, you're not getting out of that. <laughs> if you can't win the division over the Bengals for the next three, four years, you're just kind of, okay, well, I guess we'll just have to try harder. Like that's your best solution. And I agree. Like I, I, I you know, I, I make the joke about them not being able to even tank. Right. But I do think that there is a piece of this. That's like, okay, the trading away, the idea of Matt, you know, the idea of trading away Matthew Stafford didn't work because the, you know, it's cost prohibitive, the contracts prohibitive, whatever. Uh, but then you also have sort of this potential future for the Los Angeles Rams where they could be in a position based upon this year's roster. Like if they're that bad a team where they're finishing third or fourth in the NFC West, they could potentially be in a position to maybe draft a young quarterback that gets a year behind Matthew Stafford in 2024 and that is ready to go in 2025. And so you kind of have the ability to maybe do a little bit of both kind of like what we saw the, the giants do with Daniel Jones, his final year, they brought in a, or not his final year, but the final year of his rookie deal. They brought in a bunch of weapons to try to build, you know, this this good vehicle that could be driven by Daniel Jones or another driver. And then they liked what Daniel Jones did, so they extended him. And then now he's he's there with the with the Giants, where you can kind of do the same thing with Matthew Stafford, build yourself into something that could potentially win with Matthew Stafford in 2024, but that also is something that you can run with a young quarterback in 2025 if that quarterback gets a year before sitting down or is drafted in 2025, whatever it might be. So I kind of like the idea that they weren't able to move Matthew Stafford. I think that actually worked out pretty well for them because they they could surprise me pesky here in 2023. Let's not rule that out. But 2024, you still have the opportunity to be able to build something around it. I think that a lot of people have kind of closed the door on Matthew Stafford in a way that kind of illustrates what Pete Carroll talked about at the Combine, about teams and people and media and all that giving up on quarterbacks too early in their careers based on what we saw from Geno Smith. And, and now what you're going to be able to see is, can he actually still go out there and make plays? What is it like when he's not injured? Um, can they kind of reestablish the offense a la the New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees when the arm strength wasn't going to be there for 17 games, 16 games? And so you change the offense a little bit to work low to high and all these other things. Can they do that? And you've got one of the best offensive minds in football to do that with Sean McVay. So I, I kind of yeah. like the way this actually didn't work out for Los Angeles, but I don't blame <laughs> for them sure. for trying one bit. 
For sure. And uh, like right now, the contract finagling you'd have to do to get rid of Matt Stafford is fairly prohibitive. And you could probably say that for next year. So you, you got these, you get two years of Stafford and then yeah. he'll be 37 and then you probably want out and then you can be pretty easily like cut him post June, cut him if you want to deal with trades and stuff. If you want to do re reworks, maybe he, he maybe just retires retire and makes it easy. Too, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think after the 2024 season, you start going, okay, what's next for the Rams. Right. Yeah. But I think they're in a world here where they have, a chance to get competent quarterbacking and build up to the next thing. And if their eyes can be on the future, like I see where it's headed with the Rams. Yeah. It's not here right now and that's okay. I see where it's headed. And I, I see that with teams like the bears, right? It's not here right now, but I, I see what you're going mm-hmm. for. Um, yep. I would much rather be there than somewhere like Arizona or Las Vegas or Cleveland, where yeah. it feels like you are where you thought you would get. Like this is the build that that you built towards, that you were and it's for, just not yeah. good enough. And now yeah. you have to wait for that to play out, right? Like I, I'm not going to walk into Mark Davis's office and be like Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough, and then he'll be like, Oh my God, that's right, and then get rid of everybody <laughs> right. right now. Like that's not. I don't get to take over the Madden franchise and do this. That has to play yeah. out. They have to go learn yeah. the hard way that that's not good enough. Um, they, it has to be proven that it's not good enough. Maybe that's a, a better way. And maybe they proved me wrong. And if so good for them, uh, yeah. but that will take time, right? It'll take a couple years for the, the Raiders to go. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo to Devante Adams. We can do better than this. And then they have to start the whole new rebuild for like, if I'm, if I'm a Cardinals fan too, I feel like I could go like cover my eyes for five years and not miss anything. I don't feel yeah. that way about the Raiders. Okay. Hundred percent. All right. Uh, next, we're going to take a look at uh, not just the the teams and what they're doing, but the folks that cover it and how the landscape of media coverage, mm-hmm. sports media coverage, is changing. And tell you a little bit about what's going on here at Locked On in the interim as well. So we got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before we move on to that, I would love to talk to you about the sponsor of today's episode, which is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They have a stretch khaki short that is designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly beautiful and sculpted look. Um, they fit better than regular shorts. Shorts for dudes, they don't, they're don't they they're made of like a restrictive cotton and they don't form fit and they can be uncomfortable. Uh, Bird Dogs fixed all that by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki. So you still can have the fashion benefits of wearing khaki, uh, but you get a way slimmer fit and you don't have to sacrifice movement. They also use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or just enter the promo code locked on NFL all one word for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, y'all continuing on with today's episode of Locked on NFL. We took a look at the Los Angeles Rams and Matt Stafford and kind of where all that's headed. But now we want to take a look at the folks that cover that, that break this news, that give you some of the sports media coverage that you're looking for, because things are shifting in the sports media landscape. Mm -hmm. And we'll tell you a little bit about what's going on here at Locked on uh, as well. So, Luke, uh, the L.A. Times, the New York Times, both making uh, massively large changes to their sports media coverage. L.A. Times in particular, removing things like box score, game scores, uh, game times, game dates, all that. Uh, New York Times uh, put out a statement saying that they were going to be, quote, uh, scaling back the newsroom's coverage of games, players, teams, 
and league. So this has a, 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 a wide ranging impact on people that look for sports media coverage and that are kind of accustomed to finding it through those outlets. Uh, what do you think this means for sports media as, as we kind of move ahead to kind of set the table for this, particularly for an NFL fan? It's another sign of the thing that's been happening in all forms of media for a decade or two now. Print journalism is dying. We know that. Yeah. That's that's not. I'm not breaking any news there. The way that we get our news has fundamentally changed in the last ten yeah. years. I think for just about everybody. Um, and I, I think like the idea of it being on a piece of paper that gets delivered to your doorstep is a a dying idea. But that doesn't necessarily mean that journalism is dying. And I do want to shout out people, for example, Alec Lewis. He covers the Vikings for The Athletic. He's phenomenal. And now he gets to be in the actual print version of the New York Times. I think that is great for him. I'm really, really happy for him as much as I am also bummed for the people who are getting reassigned. But some of it mm -hmm. feels a little bit more superficial. It's just a change in label. People who, for example, have been covering Dan Snyder's sale of the Washington Commanders. That's just going to be in the business section now, but that's that right. that beat is still there. People still will cover the beat of the business of the NFL just under a different header. The idea of getting information is not dying. It's just yeah. changing how. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all about the medium. Right. And, and the other thing that I'll mention here that I think changes a lot is sort of a shift. And, and this is where I think maybe some sports fans could potentially suffer a little bit or, or really not a little bit, but like could potentially suffer is that it turns the angle away from local sports media coverage back to national sports media coverage. And I know we're just about like the LA times and the New York times, but this is going to be a rolling thing. That's going to impact a lot of newspapers and a lot of newspaper outlets in a lot of different markets. Like this is potentially just the beginning of it. And so if you're somebody that wants to just hear about your team, read about your team, as opposed to the national things that are happening, which is kind of where the athletic has begun to go to They're They've dialed back with their local coverage. They're going into more national coverage mm -hmm. and nationally interesting stories. ESPN nations and the same thing, even though they have reporters in local uh, markets, it's like, okay, but does your local story have a national appeal? That's what they end up wanting. They want news. And so I think that that's where spots, can begin to suffer, but then you have places for people to go and find their local coverage. That's what we've, that's what we're entirely built on here at Lock. Right. It's, it's your team every day. And even though we sit here on the national NFL show, we are hosts of local shows. You, you cover the Vikings. I cover the saints. We bring something specific directly to that local market. That's looking to hear about their team without having to sit through two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes of other stuff to get five mm -hmm. minutes on their own thing right before mm -hmm. the, you know, on, on their favorite team, right before the commercial break or something like that. And so that's maybe where like. So just to like transition the conversation into where we are at Locked On, like we're not we're not going anywhere. David David Locke, our president CEO, was pretty adamant about that. In his <laughs> and his uh, <laughs> and his uh, statement where he said Locked On will continue to increase our coverage of your team, your team's games, your team's players, and your team's league. Locked On is your team every day, and that's that is sure. who we are and what we've always said to be and who we'll always strive to be. So. Like, I think that we'll continue to deepen our roots in these local markets as a means of being able to try to provide because we can bring that content to, to folks right. and we can bring it to them in a way that they're, that they're looking for it. You can Google us, you can do all these other things, you know? Like I know I have been, and I'm sure this is a lot of people relate to this. I get frustrated when a when a national show says something about my team that's not right because it's very clear that that person is is cover is is spread too right. thin, right? And and on this show, I have made that very mistake, so I, I yeah, totally get it. But it's it's hard when you're covering the whole league, right? 
Um, and I think that's something that we have at Locked On that's like, no, if you want to know about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Wigs gotcha. Like, yeah, Tony, Tony's got you, you do not have to. You got you can just go get all Jacksonville Jaguars all the time. Wigs got you covered. And I think that that gives us uh, something of a leg up. But there's also something that you lose with print journalism. You know, back in the old days, it was sort of the authority, the mouthpiece. If, mm-hmm. you know, the whatever is the like whatever that columnist wrote about what the New Orleans Saints did in 1985 on October 30th, 30th or whatever. Um, Scripture. That, like that is now the history. And that's yeah. the mouthpiece. We don't really have that anymore where everybody can have a thought on everything that happened. And every the, the, we, you don't really have that one authority. Okay, I am going. Here's the, what the reporter said. You know, Jim Klobuchar said this about the Vikings in, in the 1980s. And that's the authority. We don't really have that anymore. Everybody has their their own telling of the story. And I think with with Locked On, you can kind of get that that same freedom where it's it, something that is a major publication is going to be beholden to what's going to get the best clicks, what's going to be the, mm-hmm. the, the, the national story that gets the most attention. And you're telling the story in the way that gets it the most attention. That didn't used to happen in the newspaper. You didn't have to get attention. This is getting delivered to your door, whether it's an interesting headline or not. Um, And I think at Locked On, we can do that as well, because we're here for you every day. And especially for all of the everydayers that do come to this show and listen to it every single day, I think that gives us something of a luxury where we can talk about what we think is important, what we think should be talked about, uh, and not necessarily you want to hear. Yeah, we can talk about what what you want to hear, not what we think the most people will click on. And there's a difference between those two things that we... I'm really proud of this network for for giving us the ability to do that in a way that you can't when you're just like another blog covering the NFL and, uh, you know, everybody's going to have to talk about how Joe Burrow said something, said a little bit of trash talk to the Chiefs today because that's probably the best clickbait. We don't have to talk about that. And I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. Joe Burrow talking trash about Patrick Mahomes in a game that neither quarterback may even play in. Uh, week seventeen at the end of the at the end of the season, yeah, exactly. They're fighting like, for seating, maybe. Like, right. no thanks, we're good, we're good. Um, yeah, and and look, there's no there's no way to you know talk about this without, of course, as we, as we wrap it up, acknowledge that like this could mean the end of some long running people's opportunities and, and and jobs and careers in terms of what they're doing until they 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 pick up and and they head somewhere else, like the the media landscape in sports is just simply changing right like we get to do these podcasts and put them up and they're free to everybody you can find them you can listen to mm-hmm. them you can watch them you can do whatever and i think there are a lot of people will find their way to similar avenues of digital media as opposed to print media and everything so like you know we it, it's obviously something that impacts those people impacts their family their friends the people that relied on the people that love reading their stuff but hopefully everybody will find sort of their next um their next pathway and their next way to be able to reach reach that audience because you do develop relationships over time which is one of my favorite parts about working in this Absolutely. business and especially because we do this every single day every single yeah. monday through friday we're a part of so many people's daily commutes drives you know uh, uh life-changing events stuff like that so i'm very proud mm-hmm. that we get to do that and that we'll continue to be able to do that at the, at the highest level let's get next to our yike and our like the sec is just completely dumping on an entire <laughs> professional league and i can't wait to talk about it we got that and much more coming up for you as we wrap up today's episode of locked on nfl first things first it is hiring season 
that is, I mean, a lot of college kids coming in uh, out of the into the job pool from graduation this time of year and all that, which means you might be responsible for hiring. And that means LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you because hiring can be so daunting. There's so many people, there's so many resumes. How do you find somebody that's right for you and your company, your culture? It's a unique thing. This is not a one size fits all kind of world. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you figure that out with all kinds of simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and all of that stuff. So you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview. You can't interview all of these guys so they can help you narrow it down with those tools. You can just go uh, to LinkedIn Jobs linkedin.com slash locked on NFL for that. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. And that will spread the word that you are hiring the job. Uh, the, the applicants will come flooding in and then you can help all find the right people faster and for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. They will help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. No reason not to. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, we are wrapping up today's episode of Locked on NFL. Thanks as always to all the everydayers out there for making us your first listen every day, your team every day. We're here for you. Appreciate you very much. Uh, so we get to our yike and our like here, which Luke and I do every Tuesday to kind of give you the one thing that we love from the week and the one thing that we're like, eh, not so great from the week, but it only gets one single yike. So I'm going to start us off with, with a yike. So we're going to end on the positive note. Um sure. Because for me, this, and this is a very jovial yike. I would even consider this positive because I just think this is hysterical, but it is kind of a yike moment because I imagine that the social media manager of the SEC, uh, the SEC conference Twitter page maybe went, ooh, maybe I should have thought about that a little bit more. Uh, so the MLB draft just passed. The number one overall selection in the MLB draft was Paul Skeens, the pitcher from the LSU Tigers. The SEC went to Twitter and, uh, or, you know, the SEC conference went to Twitter and they put out, that the LSU Tigers are the first team to have the number one overall selection in all four, all four major drafts is, is the phrase. And then they listed those four major drafts, NFL, NBA, WNBA, MLB. So the, the four NHL major was, sports. Yes, the four major sports, which I agree that that's the way that it goes. But I, I don't the NHL, fully agree. I think the MLB probably should get cut first. But I think it's... Yeah, I guess that's fair. I think that probably the <laughs> NHL has like a more international fan base than the MLB will ever have. If uh, Canada counts, as, Canada's doing a lot of work with internet. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair too. That's fair too. But I'm thinking about like all the Polish players oh, that true. come all over, the, all, all those, all like, the uh, Russians. Sure. Yeah, you got sure. you got folks coming from all over the world playing in the NHL, and the the SEC was just like not them though, uh, <laughs> and then just like completely cut them out. And uh, and I kind of I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I think we can all agree that the three major drafts right now are the NFL, the NBA, and the WNBA. And I love that for the WNBA. So I just thought that was a, a great tweet, but a little bit of a yike for having cut out the NHL. <laughs> uh, my yike is a, a scotch more serious. Uh, yes. It's We got to quick mention this Northwestern thing. The Northwestern athletics program is under a lot of fire for a number of scandals. Uh, I'm not going to do the hazing one. In particular, that's plenty mm -hmm. of a uh, yike, but I'm going to focus my yike on the baseball team. And in particular, uh, Jay Forrest is his name, the head coach mm -hmm. of the Northwestern program. There are a lot of allegations of the program being racially segregated, uh, 
black student athletes being forced to cut off their dreads, but like long hair for, because that is the the wildcat way. Uh, but Woof. the white players with long hairstyles were not held to the same standard. Mm. And uh, it, let me see if I can find the quote in response from uh, f- uh, sorry, Jim Foster, Jim Foster, Foster. Okay. Maybe the players aren't good enough and are just making excuses. He called Yikes. the allegations of racism ridiculous. Yike! Yike! <laughs> wow! Yike. Oh no! Dan Snyder 2.0. Hello, what's going on? Jesus! That's wild. And like, it's so interesting to hear that from like a collegiate program and a collegiate athletics program, knowing yeah. sort of the high-profile things that are going on in larger spots like the NFL with the Dan Snyder situation, the previous John Gruden situation, all that. Like, yikes! Saying about about my players, man. You get so close no. to those people, and they're people that you're supposed to like bring up and get the best out of and, and foster right. growth. Yeah. His last name's <laughs> literally foster. I didn't even try to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine that. Ugh. Yes, that is, that is, I need some positivity. Yike. That is quite the yike. All right. Well then let me give you my like, because uh, my like is a yokel is, is a, a yokel is a local <laughs> like <laughs> yokel. <laughs> what am I? 80. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yes, oh, you gosh. are. It's a it's a local like uh, because um, running back Mark Ingram, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, also formerly of the Houston Texans, as well as the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. For any of those that are that might be uh, playing uh, crossover grids and all that other stuff, if you ever need somebody that's for those two of those three teams, there you go, Mark Ingram. Uh, but he is now uh, announcing effectively, I, I, I suppose, his retirement from the NFL and then joining the sports media core, which we're going to see from a lot of. New Orleans Saints players. Drew Brees did it. John Mark Ingram's going to do it. Uh, Cam Jordan's going to do it. Like it's a whole thing, and uh, and so he's going to be a Heisman Trophy winner uh, out there uh, working on NFL Saturdays, uh, previewing college football games and everything, and 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 working with that pregame show. And I'm super excited because Mark has a phenomenal personality. He's like the kindest dude in the world. He's super fun, big personality. Effectively, I don't want to say replacing, but he kind of steps into the shoes of Reggie Bush, also a former New Orleans Saint who was doing this. Um, so it's just super cool. And and I think that Mark's going to do a fantastic job with that because he is, he is so willing to like be outside the box. He is so willing to be big and boisterous and all that. And he should bring like another level to what Fox uh, Saturday college football coverage is like. But as a, as a former NFL player, I wanted to make sure that I included this in here because it's just awesome. And I can't think of anybody more deserving of a post career career uh, than like Mark Ingram, Cam Jordan, some of these other guys, especially with how awesome he is. That's super exciting. I, I too have uh, my like, dedicated to a uh, former couple of former NFC South superstars. Um, the Carolina Panthers are going to ah. induct Julius Peppers and Mushin Muhammad into their ring. Of, is it a, is it a ring of honor there? Ring of honor. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that old Panthers team, those, those two thousands Panthers. Um, I mean the, 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 it was the Jake Plummer year, right? The, that was the 2003. Yeah. It's such an underrated historical team. Um, it's very fun to think back to all the guys that you forgot were on there. Yeah. The Mike Minters of it all. Um, <laughs> it was when, when I was a kid, I was playing Madden 2005 and that's like, exactly the one that you could do NFL superstar mode. Yeah. I got drafted to the Carolina Panthers, got to know that team really well, won a bunch of Super Bowls with them. So I'll always have a soft spot for that 2000s Panthers. It's a very cool retro team. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Julius Peppers, 
of course, deserves the world of accolades and all of oh that. Oh my gosh, uh, Mushin for Muhammad sure. too. That was a that was a, a cool moment for a franchise that it doesn't have a lot of cool moments uh, until like Cam Newton from there. <laughs> like they go, yeah, they, and it gets dark after that. And there's a lot of good right. stuff to remember. <laughs> yeah, and they found that success relatively early too. Like, for sure, the, they mean, were they and the, the Jaguars expansion? were like the the broken expansion format that made right. those teams too good, and then they had to change it. Yeah. Yeah. And then to be able to kind of like go through effectively being like built up too good or too well and then torn down and then kind of rebuilt in the two thousands into this like really, really good team. The way that I remember them from Madden was when I would build my all 99 super, super teams and everything. I had like four or five of those Carolina Panthers guys on my roster. So, and then Mushin Muhammad and uh, Jordan Gross. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Mike Mentor was on that list for me too. Like that was really, so that's awesome. That's really cool. I love that for them. Hall of Honor uh, in in Carolina. Hall of Honor. Hall of Honor, yeah, which is really super dope. Very cool stuff. Yeah, very cool. And uh, you, uh, listener, are a uh, Hall of Honor uh, for us here at Locked On. So thank you very much for being here for another episode of Locked On NFL. You can go check out Locked On Vikings, Locked On Saints, or whatever your favorite local team is. We've got you covered here every single Monday through Friday for free, where you can subscribe or follow on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. For Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson NOLA. Tony and James going to get you taken care of with all the biggest stories around the NFL in tomorrow's episode. We appreciate you very much for being here with us and for joining us for another episode of Locked on NFL, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.